This is Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. Officials say no new cases of COVID-19 have been confirmed in Lewis and Clark County since April 9th, and all but five of the county's 16 cases have recovered from the disease. Quote, we're delighted we've had relatively few confirmed cases of COVID-19, and we've gone almost two weeks now with no new ones. That's according to Lewis and Clark County Public Health spokeswoman Gail Shirley. The 16 COVID-19 patients in Lewis and Clark County included one in his teens, two in their 20s, three in their 30s, three also in their 40s, three in their 50s, two in their 60s, and two in their 70s. Only two of the cases have been confirmed since the beginning of April. Shirley said a Lewis and Clark County resident and a Broadwater County resident were previously hospitalized with the disease at St. Peter's Health in Helena, but both have been discharged. She said no other patients have been hospitalized and no deaths have been reported in Lewis and Clark County. Montana had a total of 437 confirmed COVID-19 cases and 12 deaths from the disease as of Tuesday, with 273 people recovered and 14 still hospitalized. Hydrologists are optimistic about Montana's snowpack and water levels. Lucas Dukiewicz, water supply specialist for the Natural Resources Conservation Service, says all of Montana's river basins recorded above average snowfall on April 15th with percentages ranging from 143 in the St. Mary's and Milk River basins to 104% of normal for Madison and Jefferson. Normally by this time of year, low and mid-elevation mountain snowpack monitoring locations have had their seasonal peak snowfalls for the year. Quote, as we're approaching peak snowpack, one of the good things going on is the slow warm-ups in March and April, according to Zukiewicz. We're retaining low elevation snowpack in the mountains, and the longer we can keep our snowpack, that means more water towards the late summer months of July and August. He says March was relatively dry for much of Montana, but snowpack remained strong on April 1st, and recent storms have continued to add water over the last week, and they continue to push snowpack higher compared to normal. Quote, as we progress further into spring, we should continue to accumulate snowpack in the high elevations in the mountains across the state, and May 1 forecasts will use a more accurate snapshot into our peak snowpack and tell us what that should yield with regards to our overall runoff volumes this year. Again, that's according to Zakewitz. Coal demand has tanked over the past decade amid competition for cheap natural gas and expanded renewable energy resources, despite President Donald Trump's efforts to prop up the industry. World customers are looking to combat climate change and move away from fossil fuels, and the coronavirus pandemic has made things worse. Lockdowns have shut off lights and computers in offices and schools, sapping demand for electricity provided by coal-fired power plants. Americans stuck at home aren't coming close to making up for that drop in demand. In the most productive coal region in the U.S., Wyoming and Montana's Powder River Basin 
Companies are staggering shifts and running more buses to and from mining towns to allow more space between workers. Companies have temporarily suspended operations at mines in Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia to stop the spread of the virus, and many miners who are still working are only working two or three days a week. Even before the virus, companies were forced into bankruptcy and workers faced furloughs and layoffs. Six of the top seven U.S. coal companies had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy since 2015, and analysts expect more as the economy dives. In January, before the pandemic took hold in the U.S., coal production was forecast to drop 14% this year, with the coronavirus and a mild winter that meant less electricity was needed to heat homes and businesses, that drop is now expected to be as much as 25%, the lowest level in 55 years. Seth Feaster is with the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis. He says it will simply be that renewables and gas will keep their market and coal, being the most expensive fuel, is going to get pushed out more than it would have. The National Mining Association last month asked Congress and the White House for $822 million in federal assistance by reducing or eliminating royalties, taxes, and fees. None of the industry's requests were included in the $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. Analysts doubt that any significant aid will come. One U.S. lawmaker from a coal state Democratic Senator John Tester of Montana says mining companies could apply for relief, but that there are bigger challenges for the economy than propping up coal corporations. He said the priority should be small businesses. Quote, they are the ones that, quite frankly, we need to make sure are able to survive through this. The Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis says that even if the industry gets what it wants, the boost would only be temporary and leave the same fundamental problem, a lack of demand. According to two University of Montana professors, convincing some Montanans that they should tolerate grizzly bears won't be easy. The 18 members of Governor Steve Bullock's Grizzly Bear Advisory Council learned that although many iffy claims are repeated when discussing tolerance of large carnivores, there isn't much scientific evidence for some of them. The most difficult part of managing grizzly bears is trying to increase tolerance for bears. Even defining what social tolerance is can be difficult, according to social science professor Libby Metcalf. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks sent surveys to more than 5,000 randomly selected Montanans to learn what actions they'd be willing to take and what FWP actions they'd support to conserve grizzly bears. FWP is also hoping to learn whether people acclimatize themselves to the presence of bears by comparing the answers of those in the area or in areas with bears and without bears. Social scientist Professor Alex Metcalf and his graduate student Holly Nesbitt told the committee that other scientific studies show that changing people's attitudes is a very slow process, especially when it comes to things they don't like. For example, if a rancher considers grizzlies a risk to his livestock, education won't necessarily make him more tolerant.
Experts from Canada and Alaska agree that hunting doesn't reduce conflict and control the population. It would require hundreds of hunting licenses to be issued. Bear biologist Mike Medell says he doesn't like the thought of hunting bears, but a limited hunt on private land might reduce some conflict situations. FWP last held a hunt in 1991, and two of the three bears killed were problem bears. Quote, trust is going to be huge, said council member Cameron Kelsey. We can all be socially accepting of something, but it is a financial situation as well with livestock and crops or the land itself. The council will meet again this week to discuss livestock losses and compensation. In sports, minor league baseball will agree to reduce its affiliated teams from 160 to 120 when it meets with Major League Baseball negotiators on Wednesday, among those teams, all of them in Montana. MLB proposed the reduction of 40 teams last year as part of a new professional baseball agreement. Those 40 teams include the Billings Mustangs, Great Falls Voyagers, Missoula Paddleheads, and the other five teams that play in the rookie-level private league. The cuts would go into effect after the 2020 season. Republican Steve Daines and Democrat John Tester have both signed a U.S. Senate resolution in hopes of preventing Major League Baseball from cutting Pioneer League teams. The House of Representatives has also proposed a resolution opposing minor league contraction, and Montana Representative Greg Gianforte has advocated saving minor league teams that are on the chopping block. Ironically, several former Montana teams who left the state are also slated to be eliminated as well. The second Helena Brewers moved to Colorado Springs last season. The first Helena Brewers, now in Ogden, Utah, and the Butte Copper Kings, now in Grand Junction, Colorado, are also expected to be eliminated. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on anchor.fm slash j-scott or check out our Treasure State Radio or KGRTDB web pages. We are heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountain Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and the ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. We have listeners in 15 foreign countries on six continents. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.